The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Well, we've made it to Friday. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Leach Report. End of the week, and happy that you guys uh, are here with us to wrap it up with a lot of U.K. football talk today. We'll start with Josh Moore, who covers U.K. football for the Lexington Herald-Leader, and then Freddie Maggard, co-host on the Monday morning quarterback editions of this show once we get into the season. And uh, Freddie will join us with some observations from you know, media day and the open practice last weekend and anything else that he's hearing leading up to the start of the season for the Cats. Wildcat news of the day gets us started. And it's not a Wildcat story, but just wanted to, to mention the uh, Field of Dreams game last night was really cool. So often things fail to live up to the hype. And uh, kudos to, to Fox for the way that they handled this. They let things breathe when they needed to and just didn't talk, didn't try to overproduce it. And uh, Kevin Costner was there. They had a voiceover by James Earl Jones at one point. And then it was just a tremendous game with uh, the White Sox winning on a walk-off home run into the cornfield. So really, really cool to see it. Um, I especially enjoyed uh, the pregame show. Not, uh, you know, probably wouldn't watch the entire pregame show of a uh, baseball game at this time of year. But that was really, really good. So if you uh, missed it, you can probably find maybe the pregame on uh, YouTube or somewhere out there online. And if you're a baseball fan or a Field of Dreams fan or both, you uh, will enjoy it. On to Kentucky football. Reports are saying that freshman wideout DeKel Crowdis was injured yesterday in practice. We don't yet know <laughs> the extent of DeKel's injury. Uh, still to be determined. Yeah, sometimes a player gets injured, and it can look worse than it turns out to be. So we'll hope that's the case for DeKel and that he's back soon. He already made a bit of a splash. We were talking about him earlier this week with Larry Vaught, a clip that UK put out with DeKel catching, I think it was a long post pattern, and he wears number three. And until uh, Larry reminded me a little bit of Craig East, and uh, hopefully we'll see more of that and not have to wait for it to return from an injury. Defensive coordinator Brad White uh, talked yesterday to the media, praised the energy of the guys on his side of the ball, and uh, also talked about the camaraderie was that was there with uh, the all the veterans that they have, but also the young guys and how that uh, dynamic is working so well. Uh, linebacker coach John Sumrall talked to the media. One of the things he touched on was how quickly freshman Trevin Wallace is picking things up. Wallace is a guy that could be uh, somebody that gets in the rotation at one of those inside linebacker positions. Tomorrow, they'll scrimmage, and uh, then, as I said earlier this week, look for the people that uh, you trust their opinions and the info that you've gotten from them over the years and pay attention to what you're hearing coming out of the scrimmage because some things will always you know, leak out about who did well or who struggled, etc. 
not struggling is Tyrese Maxey in the NBA Summer League. Had his best game yet yesterday with 31 points. And he looks poised to have a breakout year in the upcoming NBA season. Got some run in the uh, late in the playoffs for the 76ers. Uh, performed well. I'm sure gained the confidence of the coaching staff. And now he's carrying it over into the summer league. And I uh, think Tyrese is going to be yet you know, another Kentucky guy that, you know, Devin Booker mold and, and others, uh, PJ Washington that ends up being better than the position at which they were drafted and the expectations that come along with that draft position going to outperform uh, expectations. I think that's going to happen for Tyrese too. So happy that uh, it went so well for him. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Big day of thoroughbred racing with uh, the what normally would be the Arlington Million card. It's under a different name this year up at Arlington Park. We'll talk a little bit about that later in the show, too. Give you a, uh, a pick there. But right now, we're heading to a break. We're at the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. And Josh Moore from the Herald Leader will join us when we come right back. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Coming up on a quarter past the top of the hour as we go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on Josh Moore, who covers Kentucky football for the Lexington Herald-Leader. And, uh, Josh, we are closing in on the start of a new football season. And tomorrow, um, they'll, I'm sure, put them through a, a scrimmage. I assume it'll be at, uh, at Kroger Field. But uh, what's the tone of what you're hearing from the coaches and players you've been talking to this first week? Yeah, the coaches yesterday talked about doing, you know, going through the kind of scrimmage routine tomorrow. So I think that's something. And that'll be great. It'll be, you know, because I think there's been a lot of, um, you know, as far as the vibe, to, there's, it's really positive. You know, there's a lot of excitement about, you know, of course, the new offense. And I think, you know, it seems, you know, just from, from reading, you know, between kind of what the coaches are saying, it, it seems like they're really far along in what they've been able to work with and, and it seems like, you know, the one thing that's really good is, you know, you got the full spring this, this past, you know, April, March, and, and that's something they didn't get to have last, you know, last year. And, and now they've, they've, you know, that's carried over into the fall, it sounds like. And, and, and there's a lot of retention. Um, and that's something you maybe you worry about a little bit when you, um, you know, <laughs> have to just pound so much knowledge of, you know, something new into guys' heads, um, especially on the offensive side. Um, I think that's something you, you maybe have some worries about coming into the fall. Is, is you know, how you know how how much of that um, did they you know kind of carry on and and remember? But it sounds like that that went about as smoothly as possible. And you know, it seems like there's you know there's obviously a lot of things you need to work on and, and get the kinks out of. But generally, it, it, it seems like you know things are headed in the right direction over there. Uh, Josh, when um, you are hearing from coaches, who are some of the the names? that are coming up most often as far as it, whether it be newcomers, guys that didn't play a lot last season, anything like that? Yeah, uh, obviously one day. I mean, everybody, I don't think that's a <laughs> – I don't think he's anyone that you know, would surprise people to hear that he's doing well. Jatom McClain um, looked great in that open practice, and he's a, he's a guy that the coaches keep talking up real good on offense. I, I think he's going to be a very um, – 
huge piece to what they do. Um, you, you mentioned Jaquel there in the open. Uh, you know, hopefully we can learn what kind of is going on with him, and, and hopefully it's not too serious. But he's another kid uh, whose name you hear a lot about. You know, for a true freshman, it, it's interesting um, to think. You know, on one hand, you don't you wouldn't imagine that a true freshman, um, especially a smaller guy like that, would come in and, and, and be such an impact player right away. But it sounds like I mean, his speed. I mean, he's a fast kid, and it's it, you know, I think it, it, that. You know, the fact that you were hearing so much about him says, one, a lot about him, but two, I think a lot about, you know, just how important and and how different things are going to be um, with the offense this year in terms of, you know, you're going to get playmakers out there. I think that's again, why you're seeing Jaton out there. I think he's a kid that's benefiting from, from what they're doing with the running backs in terms of throwing the ball around. Um, you know, Mike Drennan, another guy that, you know, a receiver that they've moved into that running back room and, and I think it's kind of the same deal. You know, you want a fast kid that can do a lot of stuff. Um, so, I, you know, you're hearing a lot about the offensive side. I mean, on defense, um, you know, Carrick and Valentine, um, I think, I don't know, he's, you know, he played a lot last year, but I think he's really primed for a really big season uh, there in the secondary. Um, just, you know, you're just seeing these young playmakers kind of starting to step up and, and uh, you know, make their name known. I am eager to see this offense in action against, uh, outside competition uh, was reading some of the comments and hearing some from guys on the defensive side yesterday, like Yusuf Corker in particular, just talking about how disciplined you have to be as a defensive player with you, with your eyes because there's so much going on in this uh, in Coach Cohen's new offensive uh, attack that he is putting in place with motions and different sets, and they can do multiple things out of the same looks. And um, eager to see. You know how much of it they can execute at the level they need to, and then what it uh, what kind of curveballs it throws to the defense. Yeah, it was funny talking to, to Yusuf and, and Devontae Robinson yesterday. They both talked about you know, <laughs> so they were having to run around a little bit more <laughs> than they used to in practice, just trying to um, you know keep up with guys too. So you love to hear that. I think. I mean, I mean, again, you you really we keep hearing things that sound like every everybody's really buying into what what. You know Liam Cohen's doing, and and you know, it, and that will only help. You know, I, you know, we talk a lot about the offense. I do think this is going to make Kentucky's defense even sharper, uh, especially in the secondary, where those guys, you know, they've they've gotten a lot of, you know, they've earned a lot of praise the last few years, and they've um, they deserved it. They've played well, but I think they also, um, you know, they need to see this kind of stuff more in practice. Um, because this is just, you know, just everybody's, you know, the, 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 you're, you're just, you know, the ball is getting put in the air a lot more in general in college football, and that's something that they just need to see more of and be used to. And, and so I, I think this is only, you know, it should improve the defense as well. Talk with Josh Moore. He covers Kentucky football for the Lexington Herald Leader. Uh, is it your feeling that if, if there was a game this Saturday, Will Levis would start under center? I think so. I know a lot of you know uh, people are really high on Levis, and, and not to say that I'm not. I think he, he certainly has a cannon, you know, attached to his right shoulder there, and and and, and I don't. I would feel pr- plenty confident that he could be the UK starter and do well. Um, but I came out of that, you know, at least out of that open practice, and you know, felt like Joey looked really good too. Um, and I, you know, I hope, you know, and I'm sure he will. I, I hope, you know. Is really given a, a fair shake, just because you know you really want to be certain. I think I, I think this is a very important call um, 
early on, you know, just to, you know, because you don't want to, you know, rankle any feathers or do anything, name a guy without, you know, being really certain that, that you know, whoever you name is, is the guy that should be, you know, the day one starter. And, and that's why I think this thing's going to go up until, you know, the week, the week of that uh, Louisiana Monroe opener. Well, what I have uh, said all along is they can have a, an idea of who they believe is going to, to win the job, but they're not going to know for sure until that those quarterbacks are tested under you know, as close as they can get to game conditions, which is will be these scrimmages on these next couple of Saturdays, and then actual game conditions and see whoever if whoever you know, wins the starting job can hold it. Right, yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, especially, you know, given who your opener is, uh, nothing against Louis Monroe, but they're not a program that's, you know, they're very much in the early stages of, of trying to get back um, to, to, you know, being a, a quality football team. And, and, you know, I think you go into that game, you know, even maybe hoping to play two guys just to, you know, I mean, you want to get a lot of reps for the starter, you know, going up against Missouri the next week, but you also want to have, a guy ready, you know, kind of warmed up just to, just to, you know, in case you need to pivot during that Missouri game. Cause I think that that's really when your season starts is, is that next weekend, um, against, against the Tigers. And then you just, you know, you want to have every box checked in terms of preparation for that game as much as you do the season opener. Saw a clip, I think maybe the SEC network put this out, uh, the other day. It was the, Amazing punt by Max Duffy in the bowl game down in Jacksonville against NC State, where it, it, NC State got somebody through to block it, and he just held onto the ball and stepped around him and kind of moved through a seam and then punted the ball. It was was an incredibly uh, uh, agile move. And in talking about newcomers, one name that rarely seems to come up is uh, Wilson Berry at, at punter. Have you hearing anything much about how the, the punters are looking as far as uh, following in the footsteps of an All-American like Max? That's a great uh, question and a good observation, Tom, because he really hasn't been, he hasn't come up a lot. And he may, he should be. I mean, because when you, yeah. I mean, you literally lost an All-American, uh, <laughs> you know, at that position. Um, and, you know, it came, you know, Max was really high on him, you know, talking about him when he, before he came up. And, you know, he kind of, I don't know, Max is, is interesting. He seems very uh, self-deprecating uh, a lot of the time. So it's it's hard to, uh, um, you know, I, but not that he's not confident, but, you know, he's very much, you know, talking talking up Wilson. And, and you know, I, you, know you, you assume that he is pretty good. It sounds like, you know, from what I've seen and heard, he, he's, he's more of a traditional style punter. Um, which, you know, for long-term, you know, NFL, um, aspirations is, is probably a great, you know, that's the way to go. But, um, no, we should be talking. I, I maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll probably ask Stoops about him tomorrow because I think that he is a guy that we probably need to be, uh, at least, you know, a little curious about because, you know, you, you, you know, you, you win games or you at least don't want to, uh, put yourself in a position to lose games because of that spot. And, and that'll be, uh, you know, you had a lot, you know, talk about stability. You you had some some of the best stability you could have had at that position the last couple of years, and you know that's certainly a, a factor that's going to be different. Absolutely right. Uh, Josh Moore, Lexington Herald Leader at Josh Moore HL on Twitter for coverage of the Kentucky football Wildcats. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Tom. Twenty five past the top of the hour. We're heading to a break, and we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, 
big race up in Chicago this uh, weekend. And then we'll get to Freddie Maggard in the second half of the show. It's the Friday edition of the Leach Report. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at one of the 67 Clark's locations around Kentucky, including the newest one in downtown Lexington, across from the Rupp Arena construction project at the corner of Maine and Fields. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. 27 past the top of the hour. It's the Leach Report Friday edition. And Freddie Maggard's going to join us coming out of the bottom of the hour break. And we'll spend the second half of the show getting his thoughts on Kentucky football. There are five Wildcats that have been named to the preseason watch list for the Reese's Senior Bowl. Josh Paschal, Marquan McCall, Yusef Corker, DeAndre Square from the defense, and Darian Kennard from the offense. Drake Jackson and Max Duffy took part in the Senior Bowl last year. It's where all the NFL scouts uh, gather in uh, in the winter. It's early February in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, the week of practice is always uh, critical for uh, making an impression on NFL scouts. So we'll see how many Wildcats actually end up there. Uh, this weekend is a big one in Chicago. I was up at Arlington Park last weekend, uh, but this weekend is their biggest uh, week of the year. And it, hopefully it's not the last time for this card, but it could well be if they uh, end up uh, shutting down the track. But it used to be called the Arlington Million. Now it's the uh, Mr. D Stakes for the guy who built the track, Richard Duchessois. And uh, domestic spending from Chad Brown's barn, trying to keep his record perfect this year. And he looks... Like he's just too good to, to lose in this spot. It's going to be a very, very short price. So if you want to try to uh, make a little money with domestic spending, I would look at the previous race, and there's a, a horse that uh, Rusty Arnold, uh, Kentucky-based trainer, is sending up to run in the Grade 1 Bruce D. stakes that precedes the Mr. D. And Ginsburn is, is the horse's name, comes off a maiden win at Ellis, but it was way more impressive even than it looks on paper. And... Um, it's not. It's a grade one race, but it's not a grade one field, so I think he could handle this class jump, and he could give you a little bit of a price there to go with domestic spending in a, uh, in a double on the Arlington Million card tomorrow. Fun time of year if you're a racing fan to play you know, this kind of card, and then Saratoga and Del Mar going on, really good racing down at Ellis Park, too. We're halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report. Uh, Freddie Maggard coming up next, and that's right around the corner. It's the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Friday edition of the Leach Report. Pretty soon it'll be Football Fridays. That is music to the ears of our next guest on the DrinkSword.com hotline, Freddie Maggard. Hello, Freddie. Hello, Tom. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Did you get to watch the Field of Dreams game last night? I figured that was right in your wheelhouse. Lo- loved it. Watched every inning. The, uh, the pregame show was awesome. It was. It was a, it was a great highlight for the game of baseball. Uh, that brought the you know brought in the the one of the best movies ever in Field of Dreams. So great event last night for Major League Baseball, and I enjoyed every pitch of it. I remember playing in a playing high school games and other youth games. Uh, played with fields without fences. Uh, yeah. Played uh, 
in uh, fields with you know, short fences, different things. Don't think I ever uh, played where we hit anything into the corn. How about you? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking about that last night. Uh, I don't think I ever did either. I mean, I've, I've hit a few home runs in the swimming pools, in the <laughs> ponds, in the parking lots, but I don't think ever into a, a field of corn. <laughs> uh well let's uh get into some kentucky football and last weekend was the uh, open practice and then uh, media day the day before that let's start with that that point for you as you were doing your work for ksr uh, what were some of the the takeaways that you had from getting to see the guys in action well, open practice i mean you have to understand what it was it, it was it was a practice to and helmets only, so it wasn't wearing pads, wasn't tackling, you know. So there's only so much you can take from it. Uh, but just from the overall view from the stands I had, that it feels that this is a faster team for Kentucky, especially on defense right now early. Uh, defense always has the advantage early on in practice. But, it, you know, I think a lot of that goes to, the the back defensive line or defensive defenders for Kentucky that safety nickel group that's so veteran and so good with Yusuf Corker, Devontae Robinson, Ty Asian. Uh, I think that's that's the strength of the defense right now. But the defense looks faster. Josh Pascal jumped out at me, Tom. I thought he was he was my biggest takeaway from the open practices. Is how good he looked, how quick, how sudden, how rapid, how how much he had burst in his game. He looked really, really good. So uh, it was a fun day just to see the guys run around, uh, pitch and catch a little bit. I, I thought the quarterbacks played okay. Uh, Will Levis' arm strength is, is legit. It's real. Uh, but I thought Bo Allen had a heck of a day. He was highly accurate on the intermediate throws. Hit a, hit a vertical shot. So I know that's a storyline we're going to be talking about up until the uh, Louisiana-Monroe game. But, uh, you know, the quarterbacks, obviously, what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, but Levis looked good. That arm strength is legitimate. But anyway, he was talking about playing multiple sports, baseball in particular. Yeah. Said he goes back now and when he goes back home uh, with his buddies and they'll uh, go to the batting cage. That's something I know you have long been an advocate of. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think my, my baseball uh, playing days really helped me as a quarterback because, uh, you know, you're, you're familiar with off off-platform throws, uh, different arm angles, and it just uh, just throwing throwing the football. It, it really just helps. But multiple sports, uh, absolutely, I think you know if if young people can and have the opportunity and ability to do so, is to play them all and let the scouts sort it out. Uh, because you know shooting free throws with with little time on the clock helps uh, develop your your mindset in a two-minute drive as a quarterback and, and, you know, being on the mound in the bottom of the seventh helps uh, helps you in, in, in key drives as a quarterback because you've been there in pressure situations. So, absolutely, I am I am an advocate for playing all or multiple sports. Let's get the uh, try to get the sound bite again. This is from the Behind Kentucky Football Podcast and Will Levis. Started off with soccer just like everyone else, I think, because that's the only thing you can play. Then when I got sick of that, I played football, and then uh, I wrestled a little bit, played basketball, um, lacrosse and baseball at the same time, uh, ran track in high school for a little bit too, so all over the place. How does that, does that help you in football, or how how do you think that helps you in the athlete that you've become now? Yeah, I think playing all those sports growing up, especially from a developmental standpoint and just of 
pure just motor skills and being able to learn how to move efficiently and to think that changing sports gives you opportunities to move in ways that aren't necessarily prominent in other sports. Mm-hmm. So um, I think as a younger kid, it's gonna it's extremely, extremely, extremely important. I do wish I would have played a little more other sports in high school. I only played baseball for two years and then ran track for that last year um, just to get a little faster. But would have liked to play basketball, maybe baseball for another year. Um, but that's one thing I would do, would change at least if I were to go back. So was uh, what was your second best sport? Was it baseball? Baseball, baseball? yeah. What, uh, pitcher, shortstop? I, I played shortstop, and then I got taller, so then I played third. But I was always more of a hitter. Okay. I could hit the blank out of the ball. <laughs> I could, yeah, I, 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 I love just going to the batting cages or hitting BP when I go home with some of my friends that yeah. play baseball whenever I can. I don't think there's a better feeling in sports than catching one square in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. He's exactly right about that last comment, isn't he, Freddie? Absolutely. You know, uh, thinking back, myself, Pookie Jones, and Steve Phillips used to go to the cages all the time and hit. And Steve ended up playing in the Yankees organization and is a longtime manager in minor league baseball. Uh, was a receiver for us. And then Pookie Jones, signed by the Rockies, went and played in that organization. But us three used to go out and hit in the cages all the time. So I can totally relate to that. What's the the mindset of those guys competing for the quarterback job as they go into to tomorrow, which will be the first of the two major scrimmages that will help kind of sort out the depth chart for the game for the opening game? Yeah, do the little things right. I mean, I think I think first and foremost, uh, manage the manageables, and, and and by doing so, uh, Kentucky needs to become, and especially the quarterbacks, more accurate in the short to intermediate game. Uh, as far as their passes, and then when vertical shots uh, present themselves, convert on those, but just manage the offense. Stay within the system uh, because Kentucky is built, the roster is built uh, offensively to establish that run. The best two offensive groups on the offense are offensive line and running back, so you want to stay with that system. Don't turn the football over. Uh, be efficient in play-action passing, and also show command of the offense, command of the huddle, which is new, Kentucky's huddling now, uh, be efficient in your cadence calling, little things like that. So once you once you, once you you uh, get down or, or get really good or familiar with the little things, then you can expand upon your game and then get creative in the pocket. And then that's where uh, the deep balls and the big plays come. But Kentucky has to get more explosive. But before it can get more explosive, it has to get efficient in the past game as far as intermediate throws. Kentucky does not have to be great throwing the football in 2021 to win games. It just has to be good or average in the SEC, which would be a big leap from where it's been in the last three years, which is last in the last in the conference, averaging only 121 yards per game uh, through the air. At Fred Maggard 606 on Twitter. You can read him on KSR, too. We'll talk some more. Uh, to Freddie Maggard when we come back after this break, about 17 away from the top of the hour, here on the Leach Report for a Friday. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Everything. I mean, especially whenever you get isolated and he knows how to isolate you on a guy and you can just have one-on-one matchups on um, 
the play action I really like a lot, especially with our run game. Everybody's going to be biting down, and so they really have opportunities with really nobody down the field except for you in the corner or safety. So it's just really nice to see that he can just mix everything up, and we're just a balanced offense, and that's what I really like the most is so you can't really just pick and choose on which one we're going to do. Swandale Robinson talking about the new offensive system that Liam Cohen is bringing to the Kentucky football program. We're chatting with Freddie Maggard here on this Football Friday edition of the Leach Report. And, uh, Freddie, when uh, Kentucky unveils this new offense against, on September 4th against Louisiana Monroe, you uh, wrote recently at uh, KSR that uh, you think – fans need to be prepared that they may lean more heavily on the run than fans may think for all the talk about improving the passing game. You know, Tom, I, I, I spoke with Cole Kublick earlier this week, and, you know, we talked about balance with the Kentucky offense because that's what Mark Stoops wants. That's why uh, Mark went out and hired Lee and Cole was to bring balance to the offense. So what, what does balance look like? I mean, it's, it's a word that we frequently discuss, but how is it defined? I mean, what is balance for Kentucky? So I think a mixture for Kentucky would be a 60-40 ratio of run to pass. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a realistic goal. But yeah, I mean, you're built, this, this team is built to run. And I think with that, you're going to, at times you're going to lean on your strengths. The best, best groups offensively, offensive line and running back. Best two players on offense, arguably, uh, well, the most proven at Kentucky. Are, are Chris Rodriguez Jr. and Darren Kennard. So uh, when you have those established players, when you have those established uh, position groups, and you're so well trained and developed and coached and know how to run the football, I think Kentucky could, could lean on that early because it's imperative to start the season 4-0. And I'm not saying that Kentucky's not going to throw the football. I think it's going to. However, a large part of, uh, of Cohen's system is going to be about the play-action pass because the run game is so efficient. And and, and I think, uh, you know, the, the, the play-action is going to be a part of that. Well, how is the play-action pass and bootleg game effective? That's after you establish that, that running game, which is the strength of this offense. So 60-40 would be best-case scenario, and that would be an, a vast improvement on what we've seen over the last few years. But – Listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kentucky's been one of the top rushing offenses in the SEC and in the country. So I wouldn't, this is not going to be the air raid. This is not going to be what we saw Mississippi State struggle through, uh, throughout last season. This is, this is an offense that wants to create balance and put playmakers in space. As far as explosive plays, I think, Tom, the big thing for Kentucky is to improve its yards after catch. So many times last year, we saw Josh Ali and, and, and Alan Daly catch the football and get tackled right where they caught it. Getting those athletes in space and letting them make plays and be football players, be athletes, get yards after catch is going to be imperative. I'm confident that uh, Chris Rodriguez will do his thing, and uh, same for Wandale Robinson. Beyond those two, there's so many guys that have you know exciting potential. It's uh, eager to see how the the rest of it shakes out as far as you know who's getting touches and how much does it change from yeah. game to game. Yeah, you know, I think I think a player that's going to benefit maybe the most of all, of all the transition and newness maybe Josh Alley. I mean, we saw Josh excel last year in a system in an offense that wasn't receiver friendly. Uh, and oftentimes double team, bracket coverage, et cetera, 
He still makes catches. Didn't have a high number of yards after catch. Uh, but I think Josh is going to flourish in this offense and has the potential to have a big year because he has Wondell. You know, now, now defenses are going to have to be uh, aware of two receivers instead of just Josh Ali. So I, I think he is going to flourish. But the receiver depth chart after those two is extremely fluid. And, and, and for six or seven of those guys, receivers, uh, to establish a spot in the rotation, they're going to have to start making plays. And that's something that we've not seen and, and something that I have to see, uh, you know, I want to see in this offense. You know, we're talking about guys like C-Rod and, and Wandale or be like blue-chip stocks, if you were looking at it from that yeah. standpoint. Who are some, some of the undervalued companies, if you will, that uh, you would want to, on either side of the ball, want to have be buying stock in for this football season for Kentucky? That's a great question. Obviously, Jutal McLean is, is a player that, uh, that I think could have more influence on this offense, and I want to see him more involved. Uh, I, I like the rookie tight ends. I, I, Isaiah Cummins, not a rookie, but he's new to the position. And Jordan Dingle, I think they provide uh, some 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 explosiveness potential in that offense. Defensively, you know, I, I'm buying 100 percent of uh, of Yusuf Corker. I, I still think he is one of, if not the best safety in the SEC, who has several really good safeties. Uh, but but having that experience back there and played all those snaps, understands what Brad White wants to do, uh, I, I'm buying use of Corker this season. I think, uh, Kentucky, we're talking about uh, the, the type of passing game, attack Kentucky was uh, utilizing in the past. This is going to be, um, if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, you're going to see, I would assume, um, would more complex be the the right way to describe what what they'll be doing in their routes and things with this attack? Yeah, it'd be more complex, uh, more uh, diverse, more surprise in this offense uh, than than before. Uh, and I think it's all it's going to be predicated on personnel groupings, formations, motions, etc. Multiple tight ends at times, finding creative ways to get Wondell Robinson the football isolating Josh Ali one-on-one on a receiver, and then uh, finding ways uh, to create mismatches with, with tight ends and running backs on linebackers and strong safety. So, yeah, it's going to be a more versatile offense, uh, uh, more multiple, and uh, with that, you're going to, Kentucky's going to try to establish balance. Uh, so I think balance is, is the biggest word, biggest goal for the Kentucky offense going into 2021. Over on the other side of the ball, um, who a lot of talk about improving the pass rush. Who do you think will lead this team yeah. in sacks? I think Jordan Wright will lead the team in sacks. Tom, uh, Josh Pascal, you know, a three-four defensive end. You can't, you can only expect so much from him. I think Pascal is going to have a special season. Uh, but uh, your, your designated pass rusher is that Jack linebacker, and that's the role that Jordan Wright will be playing. He's a senior. He's a veteran. He has, he has shown flashes to get to the quarterback. So I think Jordan Wright. And then also we're, 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 we have to look at the health of, of J.J. Weaver. Uh, Weaver had a stretch last year. He was playing as good as anybody in the league at that outside linebacker position. So uh, with Wright and Weaver, you could be looking at two dynamic, explosive playmakers. Kentucky had 15 sacks a year ago. But but it led the SEC in interceptions and was tremendous at turning the football over. So uh, uh, getting to the quarterback and actually getting the quarterback to the ground will be a goal 
for Brad White to increase that production and that number. But that Kentucky pass defense has led the SEC for two consecutive years. I expect I, I do not expect a, a a drop in production or efficiency from that group. Uh, lastly, real quick, uh, who's the next uh, target on your your guys' high school tour for KSR and focusing on high school talent? Well, we've actually uh, we're transitioning to the uh, Kroger KSR game of the week. Oh, transitioning uh, to games, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're, that's the next next part of it. A week and from Friday, a week from tonight, right? A week from Friday, yeah. So we'll announce that next week. The game has been chosen, so uh, we do have a, a game that we're going to be the Kroger KSR game of the week, and that's next Friday, and that will lead up into the Kroger uh, KSR hometown classic or bowl game that we're having that's going to feature Louisville Shawnee at Jackson County. So we've been uh, on sep- September the tenth. We can't wait for that one either. We've been talking about things uh, throughout the the last half of the show that are in your wheelhouse. That's another one right there. I know. Thank you, Freddie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Tom. See you. That's Freddie Maggard. We'll come back. Wrap it up in just a moment. A couple of UK history notes. Twenty ten on this day, Anthony Davis committed to play for the Cats, and that worked out pretty well. And on this day in 1948, U.S. won gold in basketball at the Olympics, beating France 65-21, to five Wildcats on the team. And a happy birthday to former Wildcat DeMarcus Cousins. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back with you on Monday here on The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook.